look who's coming up. to another edition of Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. My name is Dean Millard, and it is great to be back. Uh, we had an unfortunate situation yesterday where we couldn't uh, get on the air, and it was so disappointing because there was so much to talk about from the weekend. But now we get to squeeze it all into uh, today's episode, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. You may have noticed, if you watch this show uh, routinely, there's a bit of a different look that we're going with. And this is uh, kind of by accident. Uh, you know, we were we were getting ready uh, over the weekend, um, you know, to just work on the show. I had a bit of a, a staff party meeting. And these guys, this other fantasy show showed up. And they kind of got in our face a little bit. And some weird stuff happened in, in the studio. So, yeah, uh, really. Boy, that escalated quickly. Anyway, the wall got torn out. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It did. Uh, we, the wall got torn out. We found this exposed brick uh, behind, uh, you know, we're built on an old hospital. That's why this place is haunted. But anyway, we found this really cool exposed brick. So we thought, hey, we'll roll with it. And so now uh, we've got the uh, brick exterior uh, behind us. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, so uh, my, my wife, Trish, did a heck of a lot of work over the weekend to get this ready. So... Thanks very much for tuning in. Hope you like the new look. We'll get the jerseys up in a little bit. We're still working on a few things uh, when it comes to that. But as for today's show, man, it's a uh, big one. We're going to be back with a bang, as we say. Derek Van Deest of Post Media and NHL.com. Uh, we'll talk to him a little bit about uh, what happened over the weekend with uh, you know rookie tournaments and things like that. Camps getting underway, the WHL season this week. By the way, we had a huge WHL preview on Thursday. Not only is the new GM of the Brandon Weekings, Marty Murray, going to be a guest. Brandon fans, take note of that. But my old buddy Guy Flaming is going to preview the Western Hockey League. And uh, this is important for people in Dynasty Leagues because you need to know who the next guys are to either snag them in the waiver wire if your league doesn't have a rookie setup, or you want to get into uh, that sort of thing uh, long-term if you do have a uh, rookie roster. So DVD today, Jamie Thomas as well, Jets Radio. He was in Penticton for the uh, Young Stars Tournament, Great Battle of Alberta on Saturday night uh, between the Oilers and the Flames. And our Dauber Hockey preview is the Minnesota Wild. Uh, we will also have our top three question of the day, games to watch, and fake locker room sound. Uh, speaking of Dauber Hockey, want to reiterate this. They have filled the space that was going to be void this season because of Roto World, NBC Edge, not including NHL player news feeds. I don't know how the NHL can't get included in that. Like, that's embarrassing. 
So anyway, thanks to Dauber Hockey for stepping up. You can find it. Check it out at DauberHockey.com. And we will have the Dauber Hockey preview uh, a little bit later on in the show. Nick T. VIP says, love the backdrop. Looks great, Dino. Thanks very much, Nick. I, uh, uh, it, You know, it all happened because those uh, crazy other fantasy show guys uh, showed up and started a big brawl with us. I, th- I think we uh, might uh, still have some footage of what happened. <laughs> That did some damage. That definitely did some damage. So anyway, uh, we are rolling with the brick backdrop today uh, here on UFSD. And as mentioned, we'll get the jerseys up at some point down the road. So that is what we're rolling with today uh, when it comes to the guest list and the segment list. If you want to reach out at any point during the show, you can I'll get rid of that ticker so you can see it a bit easier. UFS Network on Twitter, UFS Sports as well. You can get me at Duck Millard. You can get the uh, official Instagram feed, UFF Sports Official. The website is UFFSports.com. And if you'd like to get a hold of us, info at UFFSports.com. So let's get to our question of the day. That's how we start every show off uh, when it comes to this program, just to Gets you thinking a little bit uh, about what went down over the weekend. So, our question of the day, which blown lead was worse in week two of the NFL? There were, there were, there were a number of them. Obviously, what happened in Miami, uh, I'm going with the Raiders because I am a Raiders fan. And if there are awards for how pretty touchdowns were, Kyler Murray would be the MVP right now because he diced and he sliced up the Raiders yesterday uh, late in the game. I mean, we'll, we'll show it later on. We'll get into it a little bit later, but it was ridiculous. There were a lot to choose from, though, uh, when it came to comebacks. Uh, no comebacks on Monday Night Football. Those were both blowouts. And we'll get to why there was two games on Monday night at the same time in a second. But which blown lead was worse in week two of the National Football League? That is the question of the day. Uh, Also today, uh, three NHL defensemen, all-star defensemen at different times in their career, retire. One of them is a surefire Hall of Famer. So we're talking about uh, Zdeno Chara. Retired, uh, signed a one-day contract with the Boston Bruins to retire as a Bruin. Former Prince George Cougar. Man, they had some big trees back in the day in Prince George, and Chara was one of them. So Chara retires. So does uh, P.K. Subban. Pernell Carl, I believe it is, and Keith Yandel, uh, who retires uh, with an Ironman streak of over 980 games. That's pretty good. Uh, that's All three of those guys had great careers. I think only one of them in Chara is a Hall of Famer, but you might think differently. Subban was at one time an All-Star, and they all were at All-Stars at one time. Uh, so our, our top three today, in honor of those three guys retiring, what three players from your favorite NHL team, what three defensemen from your favorite NHL team would you build a franchise around all time? So if you're the Oilers, you're probably picking Paul Coffey and Charlie Huddy because they were so good together. But it depends on your era. When did you grow up watching your team? For me, I was a Winnipeg Jets 
previously to the Jets now. Not Jets 2.0, Jets 1.0. And I love Teppo Numenen. I loved the Finn Teppo Numenen. I love Freddie O as well, but I love Teppo. He just was one of my favorite defensemen. And then how do you go wrong with the the offensive uh, production of Carlisle and Housley? Carlisle won the Norris. Housley, one of the best offensive defensemen of all time. By the way, I'm a Jets fan, if you didn't know that. Growing up, I was anyway. Uh, or, sorry, um, not growing up. Growing up, I was an Oilers fan. Uh, once I got out of uh, covering uh, the NHL on a day-to-day basis... I started taking an interest in, in the Jets. And I'm from Manitoba. So when I look at the Jets, I look at Newman and Carlisle Housley. When I look at the Oilers, oh my goodness. I mean, you could just go low Foglin coffee and you're done. But maybe you want to include Chris Pronger's one year where he took them to the final. What about Jason Smith? Lots of great choices over the years, obviously. Uh, for every team. So who would you build a franchise around with your favorite defenseman from your favorite team? Arnie says Quinn Hughes, number one. Yeah, that's not hard. There's been some pretty good defensemen over the years, though. What about Yerke Lume? Wouldn't he make the list for the Canucks? Some pretty good, uh, obviously, you can build, you know, top three defensemen out of a lot of different things. So chime in on our top three. Arnie says, Quinn Hughes, Alex Edler, and Christian Erhoff. Not much to choose from. No, it's all time. You can go all time, like from the very beginning of the Canucks. So don't limit yourself. Um, Like you're, 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 there's some been good, some good defense. Let's not overshadow the the Smythe division uh, with, because there were some really good teams in that Smythe division. Arnie says, before my cheering time. Okay, there we go. So there's the three defensemen from the time he's been cheering for the Canucks. Yeah, that's not a whole lot to choose from. But there you go. Uh, anybody can uh, jump in, participate, throw this in the chat. Get me on Twitter, at Duck Millard. You can also reach us at UFS Network. Uh, still to come, Derek Van Deest is going to join us on the show. He's heading... To Vienna. How lucky is this guy? Vienna to cover Canada playing a little footy. But let's talk some hockey right now. And the big story of the day in the NHL is the Nathan McKinnon extension. We told you last week there was a tweet from the Avs golf tournament that they thought this was close. And now it's done before the season. You know, if you're a Canucks fan like Arnie or anybody else, you're like, okay, when's Bo Horvat? And listen, Duck Band's domination wants Bo Horvat to sign as soon as possible as well because he's going to be a key guy for our team, and we'd like to know what he's going to be making moving forward. Oh, Kevin BXS says Arnie for one of the defensemen. So when you look at this McKinnon contract, eight years, $12.6 million is the AAV. And there's some interesting things about this contract, but I'm just looking at the contract right now. If... This cap somehow stays the same, and, and let's please hope it goes up. But this contract will be 15, more than 15% of the cap if it stays the same, similar to what the Oilers have with uh, Connor McDavid. But eight years, $12.5 million deal. Little higher, to be honest. I thought it was going to come in with an 11, maybe, uh, maybe a million higher than I thought it would be, maybe a million, a million and a half. So maybe. One, one and a half, a little bit. I thought he might have taken a bit of a haircut, 
to make sure that they can win a couple of more cups. Not, not that he has to, by any means. There's zero reason why Nathan McKinnon uh, sh- should be told to. It's just if he wanted to build around, going to be a little bit tougher. But they've got everybody signed. Like when you look at the Avalanche, and you can head to like Puckpedia and take a look at it, they've got Rantanen, Landeskog, McKinnon, Nichushkin and Arturi Lekkinen all signed till at least 25-26. And I imagine at that point, Rantanen's going to want a big deal and they're going to have to make something happen. And on the blue line, they got Kale McCarr signed to 26-27. Everybody else, just Samuel Gerrard, they're probably going to have to move. Josh Manson, they're signed. So they're in really, really good shape. Goaltending, big question. I think that Pavel Francouz can have a, a big season. But... The Nathan McKinnon deal makes him the highest paid player in the NHL. Is he the best player in the NHL? I think that's still Connor McDavid. And then obviously when McDavid's deal is up, it's going to. But remember when McKinnon signed the deal he's in currently, uh, he did get injured and it was an absolute steal at 6.3. So for him to double this contract is a bit of a no brainer. Just means the abs are going to have to be really, really, really careful uh, when it comes to some of their next contracts. But as mentioned, they got a lot of guys. Like, you know, Lec- uh, JT Confer, Evan Rodriguez, Coglian, all these guys are going to be gone. Darren Helm, they're all UFAs next year. They're just going to fill them up with cheaper guys uh, from down in uh, the AHL. So Nathan McKinnon signs with the Colorado Avalanche. What are your thoughts? Did you think that it would be smaller? Did you think it would be higher? Does Leon Dreisaitl, in his next deal, jump over this? Like, what What happens with Dreisaitl coming off his eight, like, maybe the best deal in hockey? Eight and a half million dollars for Leon Dreisaitl for three more seasons. So hopefully the cap obviously is up and he's going to surpass Nathan McKinnon. But man... That is a steal at eight and a half million. It's like the McCarr contract. It's so good as well. Uh, also, uh, speaking of uh, the Oilers and talking about dry silent those contracts, Oiler fans, this is something you do not want to miss. How cool is this? What Pro-Am Sports is going with when it comes to Alex Hemsky. Hammer as Oiler fans used to call him. The empty netter that wasn't. Remember Patrick Steffen? Missing the empty netter, Peter Lamartius with a terrific call and Ray Ferraro on Sportsnet back in the day, and Hemsky goes the other way and ties it. He diagrams it and autographs it. So if you want something this cool, check it out, proamsports.ca. I'm sure you're going to have to register and, and get all that stuff. Uh, but, man, Jack Cookson, Ken Cookson, and the guys over, and girls at Proam Sports, awesome, awesome signing event uh, for Alish Hemsky. Whew, the empty netter that wasn't. Uh, so check proamsports.ca for the details on that. That is a very, very cool. All right, uh, so a big contract in the NHL today. Uh, Nathan McKinnon signing a, doubling his AAV from last year, $12.6 million per year for the next eight years. He is the highest paid player in the NHL. One thing that's interesting about this contract is, uh, 
85, I think Pierre Lebrun put this out, 85.34 million is in signing bonus. Yeah, McKinnon's strutting. He is definitely strutting after this contract for sure. Huge contract as uh, Paris Hilton one time liked to say. A huge, huge contract. And makes him the highest paid player in the National Hockey League. Victory! Big victory for Nathan McKinnon. When we come back on the program, Derek Van Deest of Post Media is going to join us. Uh, We'll touch on this deal a little bit, some other NHL news as well. A look at the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, DVD, he's also heading to Vienna. Canada's getting ready for a couple of friendlies. Uh, DVD's jumping on a plane heading over there. So we'll uh, talk a little bit about Canada and a couple of upcoming uh, matches that they have before the World Cup and his Cowboys as well. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, live from the marsh just outside of Edmonton. We're back in just a minute or so.
righty, it is uh, 4.23 uh, Eastern Time, uh, 2.23 out in uh, the province of Alberta where I'm located. We are just waiting uh, for Derek Van Deest uh, to log in. Uh, hopefully he'll still be able to join us, but I know uh, it certainly is a, a busy time for uh, DVD right now. He is getting set to head to uh, Vienna uh, to cover Canada as they take on... Um, I think they take on Qatar in one of the friendlies. Uh, and um, I can't remember the, uh, the other. I'll have to check it out. Well, DVD will tell us when he uh, when he joins us. But some changes, obviously, to uh, Canada's lineup because of some injuries. And it's going to be exciting in November. Uh, certainly, that is for sure. Also, Jamie Thomas is scheduled to join us a little bit later on in the program. Uh, he was at the Penticton tournament, uh, the Young Stars tournament uh, f- that featured the Flames, uh, the Oilers, the Canucks, and, of course, the Winnipeg Jets. This is an interesting tweet uh, from Moog the Optimist. He's a guy that used to join, uh, he used to call into the post-game show all the time, or pre-game show, would always predict a win. It says, Nate McKinnon, eight years at $12.6 million, makes him the highest-played player in the league. They had him for so cheap the last few years, they had to give back on this one. He was practically half-priced at the end of his last contract. Yeah, that's true. It's a, it's an amazing contract uh, for what it was. Like, it was an incredible contract at the time. Uh, you know, now it's value market value. Like, I don't think anybody should be thinking that uh, Nathan McKinnon is is overpaid, especially when you compare it to other leagues uh, that are that are out there for sure. Anyway, all right, I believe we have uh, Derek Van Deest uh, joining us on the show now. Uh, let me just do one thing, and uh, we will have uh, DVD. Whoops, we don't want to do that one. We want to do this, and we will have DVD on the program. In just two shakes of a lamb's tail. All right. There we go. Uh, Oh, Derek, thank you so much uh, for joining me on the program. I know uh, it's crazy busy time for you because you're getting set to fly uh, over across the pond. So thank you so much for squeezing in some time with us. And we'll get to the footy in a second. But first of all, the the McKinnon contract, surprised at 12.6, doubles what he was making before. I thought maybe he'd come in around 11, but... There's no doubt this is one of the best players in the league and was criminally underpaid before. Yeah, I, I think you you have to kind of pay him for what he's worth, and I think it's it's only fair it's fair value. He may be the, the second best player in the league. Maybe you know he's up there with he's up there with one, two, or three. He's up there. He's a Stanley Cup champion, um, and I guess I think he's full value for that contract. You're right. He probably was making a little more, but then you look at the fact that he won the Stanley Cup before his team. Uh, he's, he's the heart and soul of that club. He's going to be there for a long, long time. And I, I think they just looked at the market and said, well, we think he's just as good as Conor McDavid. He's got a, he's got a Stanley Cup, and Conor McDavid doesn't, so we're going to pay him that kind of money. Um, and I think, I, I think for what he's done already, I think he's, he's well worth it because you're right, considering he was probably underpaid uh, with his first deal. So I think uh, I, I'm not surprised at all with, with, that, with that kind of money. 
I mean, the Avalanche getting having uh, McKinnon at 6.3 and, and McCarr before his other deal kicked in. You know, when you look around at some of the, you know, I'm, I'm sure the Edmonton Oilers aren't as excited about the Darnell Nurse contract when you compare it to the Kale McCarr contract. But the Oilers should be extremely happy with what they're getting for the for, for dry sidle. I mean, when you look at the McKinnon contract, that dry sidle contract might be one of the best up there with McCarr for value for what they're getting only for a few more years, but it sure makes that contract look great now. It does. And at the time, remember when Dreisaitl signed it, a lot of people said, what are you guys yeah. doing? Why are you guys paying him that kind of money? Like, he hasn't, he hasn't really done anything. And I think, uh, you know, he came in and they said, hey, five for Dreisaitl? That's, that's, that's just way too much. And now you look at that contract and you're like, is probably worth 10 or $11 million. But, um, you know, of course, in, in today's world, you can't, you can't really afford to pay two guys that kind of money. So I think it's going to be interesting to see when you when you have superstars like this and they're getting up to the 10, 11, 12 million dollar range, that window is really short because you you don't have a lot a lot of space to kind of fill them out. So I think guys guys kind of realize that. So I think they're looking at that in Colorado and saying, okay, we have our window. We're in our window now. Mm-hmm. Can we win two or three or maybe four with Stanley Cups? And the owners are kind of looking at that right now and they're in a situation where, okay, we're in our window now. This is our window. We're gonna have to make some hay here in the next couple of years. Right now, the window uh, is for PTOs. I mean, we see this every year, you know, lots of teams from, and, and I don't blame them, you know, bring more guys into camp. You have more guys to send out to some of those road games in the preseason and things like that. Um, but realistically, I think the percentage is probably overall pretty low. Like, I, I look at guys like Alec Chason. He he's always seems to go to on a PTO and then get a contract for a couple of years. I don't know if it's going to happen now. Uh, the Oilers have a couple of those guys, and every team seems to do it. So I don't know how many of them actually work out, but I think it's a good risk for teams to take, if it is, is even a risk. I, I, oh, it is. It is for sure. And I think you hit the nail on the head there, Dean, where it comes to some of these guys don't want to play exhibition games anymore. Some of these guys don't want to travel in the exhibition season. And, and you're looking at the teams that they'll send to, to Vancouver and, and Calgary and Seattle and Winnipeg, and I, I guarantee you they're not going to be your grade eight stars. If you're going to play those guys, those guys want to play four or eight playoff uh, preseason games, you're going to want to play them at home where your fans can come see them and your fans can come and rally them. You're not going to play them on the road with other teams' fans can see them. So I think that's one reason for you bring some guys from PTOs in let them give them an opportunity to play. Uh, and you never know. They could surprise you. I, obviously, it's most the owners are kind of looking for some depth, both on the blue line and up front. And they bring in these two guys and they say, okay, maybe they can provide us depth. Maybe we can get them at a, at a pretty good rate. Or maybe we just need more bodies to, to play some of these exhibition games because they start playing right away and it's eight exhibition games. And it's kind of becoming like the NFL, the NHL, is where the NFL guys don't want to play any exhibition games. They don't want to bother. They don't. They, they don't feel they need them. I think a lot of NHL guys. You ask McDavid and Drysaddle, how many games do you think you need to get up to speed? They'll say three or four at the max, and it's eight games. So you need guys to play those other games. Yeah, those were the worst. And you know, I remember what it was like trying to cover them on the post game show. I know what it's like for you guys. Those split squad games, and yeah. it's just it's just way too much. Like you could easily get down to five or four like you said but you know there are, it's it's important for some guys but it's like the NFL preseason you barely see guys until till late uh, in the preseason and then you start looking at some fuller lineups and you know people it happens all the time people get excited about the preseason remember remember the Ta- 
dry, ratty preseasons we had here in yeah. Edmonton over the years. I mean, yeah. you know, they get excited about the preseason. They also get excited about the Young Stars tournaments that are going on. And, you know, people have to remember that a guy looks good at the Young Stars tournament. That's one thing. Then he comes to training camp, the level is higher. Then exhibition games, it's even higher. Then you get, if you make the team, it's even higher. So it's a massive jump to go from the rookie tournament to the main roster, unless you're a guy like, you know, Philip Broberg. But guys like Broberg and Holloway for the Oilers certainly seem to stand out the most over the weekend. Yeah, they did, especially Holloway. Dylan Holloway, was he looked like he was playing at a level below. So I think it can be interesting to see. What he's, he looks like he's, he's obviously a pro, and he's playing with first-year, second-year pros, guys that are trying to become and make it to that pro level. So he, he stood out uh, head and shoulders. I think the most exciting thing about Dylan Holloway was was his shot. The fact that his wrist doesn't seem to be bothering him. He, he said he's not taping it up anymore. And I think that was the issue right now. He scored that really one nice uh, mm-hmm. goal where he kind of toe-dragged the puck and, and, and beat the goalie from a high slot. Uh, he's not afraid to take the puck to the net. Scored in a goal last night. Um, taking the puck on, on a shorthanded breakaway right to the net. So I think he was playing uh, a level above probably what he should. Like those guys were a level below him. It's going to be interesting to see now when he comes and he joins the pros what he does in the preseason. But I think there's lots to be excited about this guy. He's, he's obviously a great skater. He's got good size and he's got a great shot. So uh, I think uh, there's an opportunity there for a young player to take a spot. A guy like Dylan Holloway, the opportunity is there. And it's just a matter of him trying to take advantage of it. But so far, so good. He looked really good at the, the Penticton rookie camp. Who do you think out of like a guy like Broberg or Holloway will be able to have more of an impact? I look at Broberg just because the 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 top six is so crowded already with the Oilers where there seems to be a bit more of an opportunity on the blue line for a guy like Philip Broberg. Yeah, there is. But then there's, the, you know, they always say that a defenseman takes about 200 games mm. to get comfortable in the NHL. So uh, he, you know, he still got a, has a ways to go. And he's, and he's not as protected as maybe he would be, maybe a forward would be up front where he's not, there isn't as much pressure on him. I think Broberg is going to see a lot of ice time. They want him to be eventually a top four guy. So I think they, they're going to try and develop him into being a top four guy. We've seen his offensive ability. He's got great offensive instincts, great offensive skills. Uh, and he said himself, it's my defensive game that has to improve. He bulked up a little this year. He, he put on, he said, 12 pounds, which is a lot of muscle to put on over an offseason. He's bulked up a little, but he knows that in order to stay in the NHL, he's going to be, has to be responsible in his own end, and then the offensive chances will come. So I think you're right. I think you'll get a chance to make an impact, but I think it'll be, he has to kind of learn his defensive side first. When it comes to a guy like Dylan Holloway, he's going to get spot duty as well. They're not going to expect Dylan Holloway to come in here and get 40 points for you, but he's going to get some spot duty. He's going to get an opportunity. And it's up to him whether how much more opportunity he gets. It's up to him to kind of develop and grow through that. So it's going to be interesting to see how both of these kids develop. Uh, they're obviously the, the top two prospects the Oilers have right now. All right, so you're getting set to uh, take off uh, and head over to Vienna, which is sounds pretty awesome. I mean, you could be going to Winnipeg or, you know, Minnesota for some of those road games, but you get to go to Vienna, so that's awesome, and you're going to do a terrific job covering Canada. A couple of friendlies. What are some of the things that you would like to see from this Canadian team as we get closer to November? What are you looking to see in these two friendlies uh, when you're over there? Well, they're going to play the two best teams that they've played so far, uh, maybe not counting the Mexico and the United States, the two best teams out of CONCACAF that they've faced so far. Uh, Qatar is a World Cup qualifier. They're the host. They're going to play in, in the World Cup. And they've had 
four years to kind of practice and play together. And so they're more of a club team than they are a national team. A national team, what happens is you get your guys, you gather them together for a week, and then you say, okay, let's go out and play. And that's exactly what's going to happen at the World Cup because it's happening mid-season some of those for most of those European leagues. Basically, the guys are going to gather for 10 days, practice, have maybe an exhibition game, then go out and play in the biggest tournament in the world. I think this, these two exhibition games are crucial for Canada to see kind of where they stand. They're probably the best team in CONCACAF, but where do they stand against a top-quality opponent like Qatar that's been practicing all... all they're, they're built to kind of get out of the first round. And then you got Uruguay, who's one of the best teams in South America. They, they're up there with Brazil and Argentina. So that's going to be a real true test for Canada to see how they fare against a team like Uruguay. That's probably going to be their toughest test going in there. And then I think from there, John Herbin's going to get a good idea of what his team needs, what his team lacks, um, and, and what is good for his team, I think, where he, he has to fit pieces. And this is a, a very important camp for some of these players because these are the last two games before they announce the team going to Qatar. Mm-hmm. And Canada used about 30 players to qualify but they can only take 26 to guitar. So a lot is on the line for some of these guys on the fringe that their, their dreams are playing in the World Cup. And now they have a couple of games to really make a last impression on Coach John Herdman to, to take him to Qatar in November. And, and there, it is going to be a different, you know, injuries come up. You know, obviously you want to get through these two games as healthy as possible, but injuries open up opportunities. This is going to be a little bit of a different lineup than we have seen from Canada in the past. Does that, do you think that changes their style at all, or they're not two key, uh, two key players missing? No, the, the, it, it does change their style at all. And I think the difference in this World Cup is that because players are still playing games before they go travel, they're playing high-level games. They're, it's right in midseason. That injury situation is always there. It's always looming. And you look at Canada's situation now, Tiba Hutchinson, their captain, is not going because he got injured in the preseason in Turkey. So they're hoping that he's good enough to, to recover to play in November. So I think that's always going to happen. You're going to play these two games. You hope you get out of them injury-free. You never know. You hope you get out of them injury-free. But then you're sending players back to their club teams, and they're playing another four, five, six games before they have to go to Qatar for the World Cup. And you're praying. You're praying that Alfonso Davies doesn't get hurt. You're praying that some of those other top gun guys don't get hurt, and, and, and you're hoping that they're all healthy and ready to go in Qatar. And I think what's different about this tournament as past World Cup tournaments is that the players will be in mid-season form. It won't come at the end of a long European season where a lot of them don't have a lot left in the tank. They are going full bore. They are just getting into mid-season form, and I think that's what's going to make this World Cup a little unique and a bit more exciting. Well, this is something that's amazing. You know, for a lot of people, this is the first time they've ever seen Canada compete at a World Cup in in, in their lifetime. Uh, So this is something that is so cool and could turn Canadian in, Canadians into bigger soccer fans. Maybe the way, you know, the Raptors really, you know, wrapped everybody up in, in their run. And, and if people are going to get excited, tell us why they should be tuning in to watching Alfonso Davies. Obviously from Edmonton, where we know great superstars uh, can come from. What is so exciting about what makes him worth tuning in for? Well, this guy, is, he's, he's just such an exciting and dynamic player. And, and, he, and he's playing on the world stage. He's playing every week for Bayern Munich, who are one of the best teams in the world. He's playing in the Champions League. He's playing against teams like Barcelona. He's playing against uh, teams like Chelsea in the Champions League. He's playing against the top teams in Germany. So he's just getting better and better and better and better because he's among some of the most elite soccer players in the world. And he's so exciting and he's so young. And I think 
Canada really has to build around him. And I think you're, you're seeing that. A lot of Alfonso Davies jerseys now, the kids are wearing. And, and, and if he has a good performance at the World Cup, his, his star is just going to keep rising. He's already kind of a global star because of what he's done with Bayern Munich. But you really get to another level when you do it at the World Cup. Now, Canada, they competed at the World Cup in 1986. That was the only time they ever qualified. Mm-hmm. Didn't score a goal. Didn't win a game. We went home after three games. And I think we've talked to John Herdman about this. He's got a much better team now. They have a much better team now than they did back then. Back then, they were kind of a group of semi-professionals, maybe one or two guys playing in Europe. Now, most of the squad plays in Europe. A lot of them play in the MLS as well, which is improving year after year after year. So now, John Herdman's going to take it a step at a time. Let's score a goal. Let's worry about winning the game. Then we'll worry about getting out of the group. And it's going to be a tough chore for Canada because they're playing elite teams. Uh, so, But it's going to be really fun to watch. Just, just it- watching them compete on that stage. Yeah, like, I mean, anybody under 35 has never seen this. And and even the people that were alive, it's 86, right? We remember what sports coverage was like in 86. So this is going to be literally, you know, I I really hope the pubs are full and people get really, really excited and and get footy fever with this. Now, lastly, and I I hate to bring this up, but your Cowboys did win yesterday. Do you even watch them anymore without Dak? Like, do you still, do you have have faith to still tune in and and see? And, And, you know, what was it like yesterday to get that victory? It was, it was, it was, it was, it was good. Let's just say this: but Cooper Rush is not going to take over uh, Dax Prescott at any any moment soon. But he just has to get the job done. And I, I was, you know, I'm thinking about this, and it's it's tough when you lose your franchise quarterback in the opening week. But I'd rather lose him in the opening week and have a chance for him to come back in week five, week six, week seven, yeah. than to lose him late in the year and then the year is over for sure. Uh, I think the Cowboys just have to keep this thing on the rails. They just have to play 500 football until he gets back. And once he gets back, um, then they can kind of move forward from there. But I think the Cowboys have a bit more issues than they have in the past. Their offensive line is not as good as it was in the past. Defensively, they struggle to stop the run. uh, And there's a lot of deficiencies there that they're trying to work out. But I think they're looking at it, and I'm looking at it as a Cowboy fan. They just keep this off on the rails. They just keep play 500 football until Prescott comes back. Because they say five, six weeks. They're obviously going to try and get him back as soon as possible. It's, it's, a, it's a thumb injury on his throwing hand, so who knows how long that's going to take. you got to find the proper grip and things like that. So, But, uh, no, I'm watching him just saying, just stay on the rails. Just just don't, don't, get, don't go 0-4, 0-5 without Prescott in the lineup because then you're in trouble. Well, that, they've already uh, gone over the first hurdle and getting a win without him. And, and I think Gallup comes back kind of around the same time. So you could have uh, some, some good options there. So, the, you know, you're right. If they stay 500, then you certainly have a chance uh, with that division. Hey, man, have a great trip. It's going to be so fun. I look forward to reading uh, your stuff, obviously, at Post Media and, and, you know, during the NHL season with NHL.com. So thanks so much for squeezing some time in for me today. And uh, have a good time overseas, man. Be safe. Sounds good, Dino. Thanks for having me on. You betcha. There's Derek Van Dees of Post Media and NHL.com. Yeah, Tony says Vienna over Winnipeg every day, LOL. Yeah, listen, I'm a Manitoban, and I would still take Vienna over Winnipeg. Not Brandon, though. You're sending me to Brandon, I'm taking Brandon over Vienna uh, all day long. All right, uh, we're going to have some fun with uh, something called Fake Locker Room Sound. When we come back, uh, we goof around a little bit on this show, have a little bit of fun. Uh, This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Uh, Tony says, not over, Brandon. I know that was coming. Yeah, everybody knows that. 
Uh, we'll play fake locker room sound. Uh, we'll get into some more injuries in the NHL. Like, I mean, what is going to happen in Philadelphia with torts this year and the amount of injuries that they're already suffering? Some news out of Columbus, some news out of St. Louis, and we will dive back into uh, a whole bunch of crazy comebacks in the National Football League. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. We're back in a second. It is 4.46 on uh, just a gorgeous uh, fall day. A lot of NHL news that we're going to get to uh, in just a second. My name is Dean Millard. Thank you very much for joining me on this program. We are here Monday to Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern to 6 p.m. Eastern. And uh, still to come, we will have Jamie Thomas joining us on the show. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Penticton, some NFL news. 
some college football news. Appalachian State, like just just like rank them number one. Let's just let's just put App State number one, uh, especially when it comes to upsets. But right now, uh, we have something that we like to do: fake locker room sound. It's called, and we have spies everywhere. So this is uh, we had a, a spy in the uh, Raiders Cardinals game yesterday. So I'm I'm sure you remember what happened in this game yesterday. This guy destroyed the Raiders late in the game. Kyler Murray, he was incredible yesterday. The Raiders should have easily won this game. They were up 20 to nothing at the half. This is why this was my... Like, look at this crazy two-point convert. Like, they just... Unbelievable. I don't know how there wasn't holding, but I, I like what he did yesterday was incredible. And so what all led to this was a massive, massive halftime speech. And it's, you know, it's not every day we are lucky to have such a great halftime speech. But we do. So this is actually, I believe, J.J. Watt from yesterday in the halftime. We present to you fake locker room sound. I don't know there's so much music there. <laughs> Sounds like they're having a good time. I wonder if JJ Watt got so mad. What the hell do you mean thinking about the game and you're styling on your head ten minutes before it's gonna start? There you go. Sometimes I wonder if players today have it in here, you know? You know what Gordy Howe's bonus was when he signed? Jacket. A team jacket. How's the agent? Nowadays, everybody wants a 20-year, uh, no-cut contract and a second home in uh, Bora Bora. Where's that? Bora Bora. Well, you guys looked at practice this week. You'll be lucky if you're drafted by the Tallahassee Warthogs. You want to go back to the farms, huh? The mills and the mines? If you don't, you better start thinking about this game right now. What I want to know is... Uh... Are you guys on any icebox? It's in my junior A hockey team. I never saw such a sorry bunch of losers in my life. The big mistake I made was letting Racky go. Jeez. He and the rest of them own you tonight. <coughs> well, I got three bus tickets here. This is for some of your favorite junior C hockey teams. Blind River. Mm. Medicine Hat. Oh, yeah. And Squaw Island. Hmm. Now, if you don't want one of these, then I'll do it, too. You better start heading out there. Let him know you're in the same goddamn rink. I didn't drive halfway up the, the fucking Arctic Circle hey. to get my ass kicked by these goons. Nice 
Half you could skate around with a carton of eggs and not break any out there. What are we? Werewolves, not squirrels. We're in this together. You're a team, a family. You want to win? Start acting like one. All right, one period left. One period away from winning it all or losing to these miserable hackers with their shit-eating grins and their Saturday night wrestling tactics. All right. J.J. Watt getting them going at halftime. You know, there's some truth into that. The Cardinals were getting crushed. It was 20 to nothing. And then Kyler Murray just said, hey, get on my back. I'm going to come back. And, you know, obviously the, the big interception or the fumble in, in overtime, but that's incredibly embarrassing for the Raiders and for Raiders fans to have to watch that. Very, very disgruntled Raiders fan today. A uh, couple other uh, hockey notes. Uh, we're going to bring in Jamie Thomas at uh, three or at five twenty. Uh, but I do want to uh, tell you about some other uh, news and notes, uh, and then we'll get into some more NFL talk. Uh, but in the NHL, Ryan Ellis is not ready for training camp and will not be ready for the start of the season. It's the same pelvic injury that kept him out of most of last season. I think he only played four games. Played three, was injured, came back, played one, and then never saw the ice again. Massive off-season signing. Is only getting older. The Flyers are already out. Uh, Couturier for four to six weeks. And they have torts. Have fun in Philly this year. I mean, it is not going to be fun. You're killing me, Smalls. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be fun in uh, in Philly. Like, he al- Torts has already said they're having issues. So stay away from Ryan Ellis in fantasy right now. You know, at least wait. Get him late. He's going to get drafted to t- unless you're, like, in a three-team league. But watch it. This injury kept him out all of last season. Move him way down your draft board. Same with Sean Couturier. Out four to six weeks. Actually, I'd probably move most of my flyer players down. Carter Hart, definitely move him down. Crazy. Also, Chara, Subban, and Yandel all retire today in the NHL. That's what's uh, pawned our top three today. Uh, defensemen from your franchise that you cheer for, who you would build around. I went with Teppo Newman and Randy Carlisle and uh, Phil Housley. I grew up in Manitoba. And Marco Scandella will miss most of the season in St. Louis, so that's LTIR money that uh, the Blues will be, uh, they'll be filling up. A couple of PT, or a couple of uh, line combinations, Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine will start the season together, so if your poolies out there uh, for your drafts to coming up, if you want to try and get the, the, you know, you call it the wide receiver quarterback stack in football, if you want to stack up your line mates in hockey, Look at the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, with Line A, Gaudreau. Uh, they still have some other pieces there in Voracek, obviously uh, Warensky on the on the blue line. So uh, something to consider if you're, uh, depending on what your draft strategy is, if you're in a keeper league and Line A is available, you might want to go after him if you already have Gaudreau or, or vice versa. And, uh, of course, we talked about it with uh, Derek Van Deest, but 
it is PTO City right now in the NHL. So this is uh, just a list. I'm, I'm going off NHL.com. Artem Anisimov with the Flyers. That's going to go all well. Zach Anton Reese with the Leafs. Derek Broussard with the Senators. Uh, he's 35 years old, but d- d- a guy that you can throw in anywhere uh, in your bottom six. Alex Chase on with the Coyotes. I mentioned that. I bet you he gets a contract with them. Michael Del Cole with the Senators. He's only 26 years old. That's a really good non-risk to take. And as we were talking with DVD, a lot of these guys are just there to play preseason games and fill up roster spots. Calvin DeHaan with the Hurricanes, Danny DeKaiser with the Canucks, uh, Jason Demers, uh, 34-year-old with the Oilers. Again, another guy that's likely just going to play preseason games. They already signed Ryan Murray. They have Philip Roberg coming in. So, you know, as long as you're healthy, you're probably not needing that guy except for preseason games. Cody Eakin with the Flames, Scott Harrington with San Jose, Hickey, Sonny Milano with Calgary. That's a smart one as well. I don't know why the Ducks either, you know, the Ducks didn't qualify him and then didn't try to sign him. He only had 34 points, but it was a career high. He had 14 goals. So you can get a guy who's 26, had almost 15 goals last year on a PTO. I think that's a smart move by the Calgary Flames. Uh, James Neal with the Blue Jackets, probably another body filler. Tyler Pitlick with the Blues. Eric Stahl with the Panthers, an opportunity to play with his brother, Mark. So I bet you he makes that team, and he also brings a ton. Derek Steppen, another uh, 30-plus guy. Mark Michael Stone uh, in Calgary. Jimmy VC in New York. And, and this is a guy who, coming out of college, was, you know, all that in a bag of chips. Everybody wanted him. And then Jake Vertanen, uh, 26 years old again. Uh, did not play in the NHL last season, and he had 16 points in 36 games in the KHL. He has 100 points in 317 regular season games. Again, I think he's another guy. Like, who would you... No, listen. If you give me a choice of Jake Vertanen or Dylan Holloway, I'm taking Dylan Holloway. But if Dylan Holloway is going to play fourth-line minutes, I'd rather have Jake Vertanen because I'd rather have Dylan Holloway playing first-line, second-line minutes at the very least in the minors if you're the Oilers. So... If your favorite team has thrown out a PTO, do it. Tell me who it is you like from your PTO. Beavis says, yeah, going to kick you out of football completely and straight into hockey. We got lots of football talk. We're going to talk football all day. Massive news in in the NHL. When when a guy becomes the richest player in the league, the highest paid player in the league with AAV, it's a big story. Training camps are uh, opening. Big news, baby. All right. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Jamie Thomas coming up in about 23 minutes time. Uh, We will preview the Minnesota Wild, our Dauber Hockey preview still to come. Uh, Also, we'll circle back to our question of the day. Which blown lead was worse in week two of the National Football League? You had lots to choose from, man. There were so many. And then last night, for what I don't, I did not like two games, two Monday night football games on at the same time. I, just, you know, it's not really a huge problem for me, but I was trying to watch baseball as well. I love the doubleheader on Monday. 
I know why ESPN did it. I read about it. If you don't know, it is the fact that they thought they had such a big draw on Russell Wilson returning to Seattle. They didn't want to have another game taken away, so they pushed the doubleheader to this week, week number two, except it was two Eastern or four Eastern clubs, so you couldn't do back-to-back or else the game would be starting so late. It's still bad idea genes, man. Don't do it again. Don't have two games on the one night there's supposed to be one game to watch. And if you're going to have two games, make them back-to-back. So, please, NFL, don't do that again. Tony says the Browns uh, was the worst blown lead. It was. But did you see the Raiders standing around watching Kyler Murray just do whatever he wanted? The Dolphins. Oh, my God. We'll talk with Jamie Thomas about what happened there. That was unreal. It was incredible. And we do have to, before we duck out for a commercial break, we have to say congratulations. The first ever title in the Ultimate Fantasy Women's Basketball Association has been won by the Bull City Blazers. And owned, this just is so amazing, owned by former WNBA player Sylvia Crawley, managed by Victor Jones. Congratulations. The Blazers rolled their way, not only to the semis, they rolled their way to the finals. And they went undefeated during the regular season. Massive victory in the uh, UFWBA finals over Keshev Sharma and the Sparrows, 723.5 to 357.5. Very impressive. Chelsea Gray, awesome. Dewana Bonner, great. The Blazers augmented their squad in the finals by getting 2002 MVP Asia Wilson, as well as Kelsey Plum, Alyssa Thomas, who had the first triple-double in finals history, and Courtney Williams. Easy, Victor. Congratulations to Sylvia and Victor. Can't wait for the title defense in UFWBA, Ultimate Fantasy Women's Basketball. Check it out, ufsports.com. Head to the news section. You can read all about a great article from Show Ali. Also, while you're there, you got to check out this very cool partnership that we now have very exclusive partnership that we now have with a guy who was a guest on this show Friday. So check it out. Jason Bukala, exclusive partnership for UFF Sports. This is incredible. For people in this league, in hockey, you are going to get so much value. So make sure... If you're in any form of hockey, you're checking it out. Pro Hockey Group, Jason Bukala, it is a terrific partnership announcement. Big, big thanks to Larry Fisher uh, for putting all that together, uh, sorting out and finding Jason and bringing him into the fold. It's going to be so fun. I'm going to try to get Jason on this show a lot more. So great partnership to read about on the site. Check it out, uffsports.com. The news section is waiting for you. All right. The Dauber Hockey Minnesota Wild preview. Three things we learned in the NFL still to come, as well as Jamie Thomas on the other side, uh, well, at 5.20 p.m. Eastern time. So about 20 minutes from now, Jamie will join us. We're back 
in just about uh, 35 seconds or so with our Dauber Hockey NHL preview. Second hour of uh, the program. Uh, interesting tweet from Bob Nightingale that I'm just seeing. I just want to uh, read this if I can pause it. it. Says the AL wild card pitcher is now strictly for seeding between the Blue Jays, Rays, and Mariners. They are separated by a game and a half. While midnight struck on the Orioles, who are five games out after eleven nothing shellacking to the Tigers. So if you're a Blue Jays fan. What are you looking at with those matchups? Like, you know, I know people say, oh, finish sixth. You didn't just pick where you're going to go. If you're smart, you want home field advantage, so you want to finish as high as possible. That's bad karma when you try to back into the playoffs. It is terrible karma when you try to do that. Go in on a heater and let it fly and then see what happens. All right, uh, Jamie Thomas coming up in about 15 minutes' time. Uh, but we have to now get to our Dauber Hockey NHL team preview. And today we're looking at the Minnesota Wild. Um, and I will bring in the uh, Dauber Hockey uh, fantasy guide as well in just a second. I'm just getting it all set up here. Uh, but take a look at the Minnesota Wild and let me know your thoughts on the three fantasy stars that I have. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, no-brainer. Matt Zuccarello, yeah, he's getting a little bit older, but still should be able to put up 70 points, I believe, uh, plus. And Matt Dumba, contract year for Dumba. He does uh, rack up penalty minutes at times, so that's why... I put him where I put him as a fantasy star. So I think, you know, he might even get traded uh, this year. I'm not even sure. Marco Rossi is my breakout player, and Tyson Jost is my sleeper. Change of scenery came over last year from the Colorado Avalanche. I'm sure that had to be hard for him to watch them win the Stanley Cup, but now it's instant motivation for him. Prove that, you know, Colorado made a mistake in whatever means and, and try to break out as a sleeper. So 
new uh, organization, possibly a new role. Uh, obviously, Tyson Jost is going to have to make his way up the lineup, and I think he can because uh, right now he's projected to be on the fourth line, according to Dauber Hockey. Uh, Kaprizov with a 100-point season projected. And, you know, that that number one center position, you know, I think it's Ryan Hartman's now. Can he hold on to that? Are there other options? There's a few. Joel Erickson Eck might be able to slide into that role, I think. I think Mike Marco Rossi might be a little bit far away from sliding into that role. But this is a Minnesota Wild team that for so long has had that terrible, boring reputation. Well, they're trying, and Bill Guerin is trying to build an exciting team right now. Alex Goligoski, who shot out the first pitch the other day. That was pretty cool. Uh, him and Jared Spurgeon make a great pair. And and Dumba, I also like it in fantasy. He might not get double-digit goals, so Spurgeon might be a better option there as far as points. But I also think that Matt Dumba brings the element of physicalness that maybe Jared Spurgeon obviously doesn't if your if your league does have penalty minutes. I hate penalty minutes. I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate penalty minutes as much as plus minus, but a penalty is a bad thing. Like unless you're preventing a breakaway, penalties usually aren't great for momentum. Hey Rod Peterson joining the show. How are you RP? It was so fun to be on that show yesterday and chat about uh the National Football League and, and Rod being in Miami to watch that Dolphins ridiculous comeback. My goodness. Beautiful day, I'd imagine, in Florida. It's pretty nice here uh, just outside of Edmonton. Not too bad, It's but it is cooling down most uh, definitely. So I think the Minnesota Wild are one of those teams, you know, we talked about the Anaheim Ducks in the past, that maybe they're a team that's not going to be a great NHL team, but could uh, produce some fantasy. I think it's a little bit in the opposite way for the Minnesota Wild. I mean, they certainly have some some guys that you want to go after uh, early on, like a Kaprizov, a first-rounder for sure. But it thins out after that. And I, and, I, and I think the Minnesota Wild might be a better NHL team than they are... Uh, a fantasy club right now. You know, that could change. Marc-Andre Fleury, an interesting option in net, signed, I think, two more years. And then Jesper Wallstad is going to take over. So this is going to be a really good team in the next little while. And they obviously have some guys that are going to grow into their roles. But maybe right now they're probably maybe better of an NHL team uh, than they are for fantasy options. That's kind of the way I look at it as anyway. Um, how about last night, two Monday night games and you had to choose between them. Somebody sent me a note and said it was the dumbest thing the NFL has ever done. I don't believe that, but I think it was silly, uh, to make people choose between NH or NFL games last night. Doubleheaders should be back to back. In my opinion, doubleheaders should not be, uh, you know, well, they're not a doubleheader if they're going at the same time. So I didn't like what the NFL did with that. I love doubleheaders on Monday Night Football. Usually it's the first week, but as mentioned, they thought that matchup could stand on its own. I just didn't think it was that great of an option, especially... Now, the games weren't great, so I guess that was the one thing. You weren't missing a whole lot, except for the Bills crushing the Titans or, you know, Jalen Hurts getting it done uh, for the Eagles. He was really good again last night. 
Jalen Hurts was so good last night. Trying to find the uh, the tweet that I have. Like, th- this is a guy who was pretty good last year. But this is a guy who is now taking it to the next level. And, and don't forget, the Eagles have seen some pretty decent quarterbacks in the last little while, especially one that won them a Super Bowl. But look at this statistic, this tweet uh, from stats uh, stat center running into the end zone on a pair of occasions as part of his Eagles 24 seven defeat of the Vikings Monday third year quarterback Jalen Hurts has recorded 16 rushing touchdowns in just 32 games only 21 of those starts in his NFL career that has him already in third on that franchise list look at those friends look at those guys Michael Vick, Donovan McDab, and Randall Cunningham, three of the best running quarterbacks of all time. That is incredible. All right, all right, all right. I mean, you look at Fantasy Pros, he's the number three ranked quarterback after week two. Uh, he's projected to put up 22, just over 22 points. I bet she does more in week three against the Commanders. 58.7 combined points in the first two weeks. Dynamic. And then you got Kyler Murray. Dynamic. And then you have what happened in Miami. Again. Crazy comeback, but dynamic quarterback. How about this one? Tua Tagovailoa is now 8-1 versus Super Bowl winning head coaches. Almost a 900 winning percentage, the highest in NFL history, minimum six such starts. So in nine starts, he has beaten eight Super Bowl winning coaches. And then it you know it helps when you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. The first pair of teammates in NFL history with 10 plus receptions, 150 yards and two receiving touchdowns in the single game. No wonder Rod won't leave Florida. Fins up, man. And then that other guy in Florida was not very good. We told you, don't play Tom Brady. And Tom Brady, although the one good thing Tom Brady did, Ryan Fitzpatrick thought he was the guy Brady was talking about in HBO. He said it wasn't. So that's the only good thing Brady really did. Yes, he hit, you know, Mike Evans gets kicked out, or Sunday rather, Mike Evans gets kicked out. Now, guys like me and my fantasy, we don't have Mike Evans for next week. How bad of a boneheaded decision was that? Mike Evans was like, I'm not getting suspended. I did way worse in 2017. No, it's because of what you did then that you got suspended again. So now the Buccaneers have to go without their best player. Well, second, their best receiver. Brady's their best player. But their best passing option is gone. Whether they're going to be healthy or not. It's a a boneheaded Sunday for a bunch of people. And now... It's going to cost people 
in fantasy. So uh, Jamie Thomas is going to join us in the next segment. Uh, him and I are going to do three things we learned. So I'll throw mine up right now, and it's two a time right now. He was strutting yesterday, or Sunday, two a time. I, actually, I talked with this with Rod Peterson on his show yesterday about the clamoring for Lamar Jackson. Well, that's certainly better quiet down now. Number two, I learned that Kyler Murray is the most exciting player in the NFL. And I just showed some great results from Jalen Hurts. Kyler Murray was incredible in that second half of that season. Or of, the, of that game, rather, against the Raiders. And the other thing I learned is Monday Night Football games should not overlap. Do not schedule games at the same time on Monday again. Bad idea, Jeans. Back-to-back? Sign me up. I would take a doubleheader every Monday if you really wanted to. I love it. I would do it in a heartbeat. Every Monday, two games, one, you know, they. I, I think the NFL should do that. But not back or at the same time. It doesn't work. Bad idea, Jeans. But, man, was Miami strutting in that comeback. Also, here's, uh, you know, the, the most obvious statement of all time. Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett says he makes needs to make better decisions. Honestly, when I read that, I thought it was an Onion article headline because it's so obvious. Some of the worst decisions, first of all, out, like the, the crazy decision on Monday Night Football not to give the ball to Russell Wilson, and then they made bad decisions again. Five, they, they, you know, that didn't cost them, but terrible, terrible decision-making in Denver. I don't know if this guy, like he says, we're all getting used to each other. I don't know if I've ever seen a coach have this much trouble in the first couple of games. I probably have. I'm just not thinking about it. But, man, oh, man, was that wild. It was... Uh, it's been a gong show in Denver for sure. Uh, by the way, football, as you know, is back. And if you want to bet responsibly, I have a 125% bonus on sports, all fo- all sports to use. You can grab it, head to Duck Millard, at Duck Millard on Twitter, grab the link in my bio, and boom, get your 125% bonus on, fa- on betting at BetUS. So, Go to at Duck Millard on Twitter. Click the link in my bio. It'll take you to the Podcast Alley page, and boom, you are in the mix for your 125% bonus. Let's get to some top-shelf fantasy performers last night in Major League Baseball. Uh, We'll talk about Clayton Kershaw a little bit later, but Max Scherzer, he's back. The Mets and White Walkers hurler had a 20-point night thanks to six innings, no earned runs, the win and quality starts, and Nine strikeouts. Logan Gilbert was a little bit better, but half a point shy for Cayman and the Seattle Mariners. 19 and a half points. He did go six as well. He gave up one earned run, so he does get the quality start and the win. And he had 11 Ks. He did walk somebody, so that's why he's just a shy, just a hair off of uh, Scherzer. Ahmad Rosario. This guy has been on a tear for the Guardians, the Wild Boars, and... Crocus Plains in uh, the Great White North uh, Baseball League. I, who I, I lost on a bad... I lost on a tiebreaker this week in the playoffs. That sucks. Child, please. So anyway, Rosario had an 8-hit game the other day. 18 points last night. 2 for 4 with a home run, 3 RBIs, 3 runs, and a couple of stolen bases. I love when the guys throw in some stolen bases. 
John Bertle did that for Music City Smash and the Marlins. 16-point night, 3-for-5 last night, a home run, two RBIs, two runs, and he swiped a couple of bags, which is awesome. Love it, love it, love it when guys steal bases. Um, As for Kershaw, I just want to find a couple of tweets. Clayton Kershaw, his 68th career 10-strikeout game. He has 74 counting the postseason. And uh, one more note. Six innings, 10Ks, no walks. That was the line for Kershaw the other day. 27th time in his career he has struck out at least 10 batters in a game without a walk. It's incredible. All of Famer for sure. Just like Zdeno Chara. But likely the only Hall of Famer from three defensemen that retired in the NHL today. We'll talk with Jamie Thomas about that a little bit, or actually next. He's coming up uh, when we come back. So just uh, a minute or so away uh, from Jamie Thomas. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports. I'll get Jamie lined up and we're back in about 45 seconds. Continuing the show, we're going to talk with Jamie Thomas of uh, Jets Radio. Uh, He was in Penticton at the Young Stars Tournament over the weekend, so looking forward to chatting with him uh, about some of that. And, of course, uh, he's got to be over the moon about uh, what happened with the Miami Dolphins because he's a big Dolphins fan. He's stayed. You know, I bailed. Like, I was like, yeah, I've had enough of the Dolphins. Uh, They're they're breaking my heart, so I'm leaving. Uh, But Jamie stayed, so I got to give... Him full credit, my man Jamie Thomas uh, joining me on the show. Do you do you like the new background that we got here? Uh, when I was tuning into the show, when it started at three o'clock Eastern time, or sorry, what is that? Yeah, three o'clock my time. I was like, "What is going on?" And I'm like, "Dino's renovated the man cave." Yeah, so this I was pretty impressed, and, and, and that's obviously Trisha's graduation photo, obviously, right? <laughs> yeah, do you like that? <laughs> yeah i don't think trish likes it so much <laughs> class of 88 i just you know i just i'm so proud of uh her graduation and you know how hard she worked yeah. to get there so i want to show it off yeah <laughs> she's, she's like she's literally yelling at me in the background so it's beautiful <laughs> great hair we king's mask and, yeah 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 dodgers Ooh. champs dodgers champs did you ask her how long it took her to do her hair every day? Because that looked like a long Hey, Trish, break. how long did it take you to do your hair every day? 
She, hey, by the way, she's going to be in, in Denver when you might be there at some point. So uh, you might. She's she's yeah. going there for a conference when the Jets are there. So watch out for ground beef uh, in the bed because she might try to prank yeah. you. <laughs> Underneath the pillow. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this pillow feels a. This pillow feels really meaty. So, yeah. so th- this is the reason why what happened, why we had to, we what happened over the weekend is this other fantasy show showed up and tried to fight us. We got some video of it here. They were like beating us up, and all this stuff happened, and then the wall broke through, and we found this exposed brick, and so we're like, oh, we'll set it up. Obviously, we won. <laughs> yeah, we won that battle. We won that battle yeah. for sure. People fight us all the time. We win. You, you yeah. can't mess with prairie people, especially no, those you of you from the Brandon region yeah. and from the uh, Cochrane, Alberta region. Um, nobody is tougher than us. That's right. Uh, how about Zidane Chara though? Here, here's a guy, speaking of toughness, yeah. and this is the segue. I, like, I heard crazy stories about this guy that – you know, he never drank coffee. He didn't want to put anything into his body that would upset it. Like, he trained in the offseason by climbing Mount Kilimanjaro one time. So, I don't know if we're ever going to see another unique guy like Zidane Char with the size that he had and just, you know, the, the terrific human being that he was and is. Yeah. Um, when Paul Maurice was coaching the Winnipeg Jets, he often talked about the story. Remember the, the European team at the World Cup of Hockey so Paul coached that team and he just marveled at like just Zdeno Charo's work ethic and the, the human being himself. And we've heard numerous stories. I'm sure you have about his leadership, um, always including people, uh, somebody clearly you never wanted to mess with on the ice. There was a, I, you know, there's a lot of things with Zdeno Chara that I think is similar to Dustin Bufflin. I just call that nuclear deterrent. So, like, if you ever wanted to run anybody on the Jets or anybody on the Islanders, the Bruins, the nuclear deterrent would come on the ice and you're like, you take your finger off the red button. I'm not touching that. So, um, that that part was fan- – and just the strength, his reach, and every time he just thought, oh, there's no way he can play anymore, it, it's just that finally – can when you take care of your body, that's what happens. You, you can play that long and be that effective. Mm-hmm. So, I always found – him easy to deal with from a media perspective. We didn't see the Bruins very often, clearly, because we're out west. And they come out every once in a while. And But I just remember the dominant, the dominant player he was. And then just the stories afterwards uh, from the likes of Paul Maurice and then those who – anybody who played with him. It's just it's, – it's sad that we're, we've come to this point because he's just such a great human being, great with the media, uh, just a unicorn in terms of the size and how effective he was. But I, you know, the, just the longevity that he had and how effective he was is just—it's—it'll it, be hard to replace or hard to have somebody that size play as long as he did and play as effectively as he did. Yeah, like big guys like that, things break down, and he kept uh, really, yeah. really good care of his body. I, I can't imagine what it'd have been like walking around Prince George uh, when he was there uh, for his time <laughs> with the Cougars and just being like, "Holy God, this is." A, this is the biggest lumberjack I've ever seen or something like that. Now, he retires, P.K. Subban retires, Keith Yandel retires. Out of those three, Chara's the only Hall of Famer, right? The other guys were good, but not Hall of Fame material. Chara is a Hall of Famer for yeah, me. Yeah, like, full respect to Keith Yandel for breaking the, the Ironman record. That That is, you know, I, I thought no one was going to pass Doug Jarvis. I just thought that's just not even possible. But uh, especially in today's day and age, um, I know guys take care of themselves, but the grind and 
uh, how everybody's just the, the speed of the game. Um, so full credit to Keith Yandel for, for breaking that record. P.K. Subban, I think great run for probably five, six years, but not like Zidane Charles. So, and, and, and P.K. had a great career, um, great part of the Jets – uh, Preds rivalry, clearly a big part of the Canadians Bruins rivalry. But to me, yeah, there's, it, there's no, like, they're great players, but they are not Hall of Famers like Sedano Chara. So sad time for a lot of people, great players, uh, especially that many in one uh, offseason of uh, those types of names and stature. But no question that Sedano Chara is the only Hall of Famer in my mind. And that, again, I, I am not disrespecting anybody in their mm -hmm. careers. But Zidane Chara is the only Hall of Famer in my, in my eyes in that group. Uh, well, another guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame, uh, most likely, uh, when his career is done, uh, signed a big contract today. The big news is that Ooh. Nathan McKinnon, massive contract. If you know, I hope the cap goes up, but it's 15% of the cap if it stays the same next year. Uh, now, listen, yeah. this should not surprise anybody. I mean, this guy was on you know the best bargain deal of all time, possibly. I think Dreisaitl is the next, or Kale McCarr, the next best contracts yeah. in the NHL, but... You know, maybe I thought this was going to start with an 11. That's the only thing that might be surprising about this. Otherwise, it's not. Yeah, like I thought, you know, he wins a cup. And you just see how, because the Jets play the, the avalanche so often, I've seen my fair share of Nathan McKinnon. So it, it he is like in the same, to me, the same category in the area of Connor McDavid. I'm not going to put them in the same area, like the same player. Mm -hmm. but terrifying whenever they're on the ice. Um, when Rantanen, McKinnon, and Landis Cog are together on that line, the top line for the Avalanche, it literally just seems like you just can't get the puck from them. And whenever McKinnon go, ends up in the high slot, you know, ends up behind the blue line, you know, right in the middle part, it's just like, you know, it's coming. It's like, it's whenever Ovechkin gets the one-timer in the power play, you know that they're setting that up, but for some reason you just can't stop it. Yeah. And for whatever reason, Nathan McKinnon finds a way to come up the half wall, come to the top of the blue line, and zip down the middle every single time. And you're like, you know it's coming, but he's just like it, it was it's a mystery that he's not been paid this much already, um, with the value that he has to the Colorado Avalanche. So you can understand why Gnasm Catter didn't really fit into the uh, <laughs> the picture here. And I know it's you, you, you love to include him because of what he did and what he meant for the Stanley Cup run for the Colorado Avalanche this year, but you have to pay Nathan McKinnon. That's just, it's flat out. That's what he has earned. We're hoping with the way things, you know, clearly with COVID, what seems to be behind us, and I'm touching wood when I say that, mm -hmm. that the, um, you know, revenue is going to go up for these teams and that the salary cap is going to go up. But, man, it's going to be tough here a little bit for the Avalanche to figure out how they're going to fit in all these high-priced talents. So the, the time is now for the Avalanche, clearly, to um, get things done here right away. Yeah, and, and the good thing is, is they have a lot of their best players locked up. They're going to have to just find yes. really, really good value contracts. But, yeah, you're right. Like, they yeah. won last year. You know, the window's going to you – know, Rantanen's going to need a due deal in a few years. So uh, we'll see. You, you, I know you remember this night in the NHL. Yeah. The almost empty netter from uh, Patrick Steffen. So this is something well, cool that Jack Cookson and the Pro-Am sports guys have and, and Ken Cookson yeah. and the guys and girls there. The empty netter yeah. that wasn't. Maybe one of the most ridiculous plays that I've ever seen in an NHL arena, that almost empty netter and Hemsky went the other way and, and tied it. It was – it was a wild night. Were you working here then, or were you at Sportsnet by then? I'm trying to – what year was that? Peter Labardius was doing Oilers with Ray Ferraro, so it was a long time ago. 
It was we, a bit. I think I was still. Yeah, we might have been a both at Glo- I was at Global and you were at A Channel. I think, I, think. I think we're still in. I think we're still in Edmonton then because yeah, I remember Ray Ferraro gave me a hard time about my haircut one time. So yeah, that was around. <laughs> so if he was working or this broadcast, you and I were still in Edmonton at that point, or I was still working locally there. So yes, I'm sure I was in the building. Um, I, you know what? I still to this day, you know how Jerry Seinfeld always goes, oh, oh, oh. yeah. That to me was if you could put that to a lot of Alish Hemsky because there was. Hemsky was so good at dancing through everybody, but just couldn't finish things off, yeah. right? He'd have this great breakaway. He'd skate through four guys. And again, I'm not in, because he was just so good one-on-one, but just couldn't finish thing. But that night, that night he finished. And you, you think of all the struggles that the, the Oilers had um, during those days, but there were some electric nights in that building as well. And that was one of them. But Patrick Steffen, former number one overall pick of the Atlanta Thrashers, um, will never be forgotten for that play. So that's a, that's a great promo right there. Yeah, I think that's that's really really cool. Um, and I, I, I think if you're an Oilers fan, you got to jump on that. Okay, so I know um, it, the the Dolphins game on Sunday was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, six touchdowns yeah. from from Tua and the comeback and everything. I, like, I was on with Rod Peterson yesterday, and he's in Florida. And, you know, you know, as a Dolphins fan, everybody's been talking about Lamar Jackson. Do you think that shuts up now? Yeah. And and are, and are Dolphins fans finally going to say, we have the guy, let's not mess with it? Uh, I think so. But, you know, like Buffalo's next week. So mm. there's a big answer coming up here right away. Like, And I am not taking anything that Tua did right there because I specifically remember – texting a buddy who's a Ravens fan and going like, I took the happy Gilmore. Somebody's closer meme. You know what I'm talking about? Cause yeah. the dolphins that came back from 21 down. And then of course, the second I text them, the Ravens kicked the field goal. And I'm and like, buddy, like, like it's like clockwork. Anytime you chirp, I, anytime I chirp anybody in fantasy sports in real life, it, it comes back to blow up in my face. So I put the phone down cause I, it was right before the jets were playing uh, Vancouver. I believe. Yeah, it was Vancouver on Sunday. Mm-hmm put the phone down. I saw they were losing 38, 35. And I'm like, okay, I quit. And about 30 minutes, I pick up my phone. and I'm like, what just happened? And I text my buddy, Brian. I'm like, what happened? He's like, Tua just marched them down the field. So good for them. Um, it, 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 what Mike McDaniel's done is open up the passing game and they are going to pass and pass and pass until Tua's arm falls off. But who cares? Cause if this is just the way it's going to work, Fantastic, because uh, th- this has been a long-suffering time. And you, want, if you have invested the draft, I said this to you already. If you have invested all this money in the draft capital and bring in Tua as your number one quarterback, mm-hmm. you have to give him every opportunity to succeed. Not just go, oh, Tua didn't turn out, and we wish he was Justin Herbert. Right. They've done that, and let's 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 just see how this all let's just see how this all shakes down. But it, it it's a fun time. It was a great game that I didn't get to see. And uh, I'm happy for Tua because this is just all, you know, this is what people thought of, you know, tanking for Tua. Mm -hmm. You know, at one point he's the number one pick, no question about it, but then he has the hip injury, which was pretty serious. I think that's a lot of people forget about the recovery from that is a little, you know, is right there. Then all of a sudden you're in the NFL and you're being, being thrown to the wolves like he was to start his NFL career. So uh, good for them. But there's, you know, it, it, it was a fascinating weekend, the NFL, like it always is. You know, I, I, the thing is that we learned, I just, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I, I, he has a touchdown in eight straight games. Wow. Uh, eight straight games of, at, uh, eight straight games with at least eight receptions. Like you, you sit there and go, okay, you can't possibly keep this up because it's the Detroit Lions. But Jared Goff 
uh, looks half decent here. We're, we're sitting there thinking that he's the placeholder for whoever the next quarterback's going to be in Detroit. And I'm not saying this isn't going to change, but what Amon Ross St. Brown is ta- doing right now is, is completely fascinating. And a guy that comes out of nowhere and, and a rookie guy last year. That's what I love about the NFL. You look at the draft, you're like, okay, this guy, whatever, he's gone to Detroit. We completely forget about him. All of a sudden, they come out of nowhere. So, and then you look at, you know, our number two point of the things we learned this weekend, Chris Olave in New Orleans, Garrett Wilson with the, with the Jets. Like, that, how about that Jets-Browns game? There's yeah. another one that you're like, oh, it's just the Jets are losing. Buff, or, you know, Cleveland's pounding the ground with the run game. And then they completely fall apart. Garrett Wilson catches two touchdowns, goes over 100 yards. These guys are good, uh, like, especially when they come from Ohio State. They, they, they've been they were they've been phenomenal through the first two weeks so that's what I it, from a fantasy football perspective there is just so many receivers out there so many that you can pit, you know find somewhere along the line or get in a draft or pull off the waiver wire early on in the year but Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson Ohio former Ohio State teammates have been absolutely fantastic to start their national football league career and then number three buddy Bills Nation yeah. I remember I got on the bus and Eric Dubois, who's the assistant coach for the Manitoba Moose, who was coaching the um, Jets at the, at the rookie tournament, the Young Stars tournament, he, he turns around and I can't remember who he said it to. He's like, there's no way Buffalo loses tonight, right? And I'm like, I just yell over. I'm like, not a chance. But then it was like 7-7 to start the game. I'm like, And it was like just slow. I'm like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But for them to tear apart Tennessee the way they did, um, they are everything – that Bills Nation thinks they are. They are they are Super Bowl contenders. Josh Allen, who I traded in the offseason to get uh, Devontae Adams. Now I'm there. The guy, I hmm. one of the guys I work with at uh, True North, he's like, thanks for the trade. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, the, the, those types of things. Because, as you know, Dino, with the starting, there's starting quarterbacks all over the place in, in fantasy football, and there's more value in receivers and running backs. And I try to trade. I try to trade Josh Allen in the in the offseason many times because I was going to go with Trey Lance as my starting quarterback this year. Uh, this is completely blown up in my face. Yeah. So on one of my many other teams, but uh, you know, foresight. But Buffalo, they look amazing. Um, it's it's too bad if you're a Dolphins fan or anybody that covers watches the Dolphins because Tom Brady leaves the division. All of a sudden, Josh Allen comes in, and now mm. it's the same problem. So we'll see. We'll see in the in the battle of of two and O's the Dolphins and the. Um, bills next week in game three but it's it's a fascinating time to be alive right now but it, it, you know it, having said that brady leaves Allen comes in but also Tua is there yeah. so they've it's a better quarterback than they've yeah. ever had when facing tom brady yeah. and speaking of quarterbacks um the big you know one of the big stories about obviously appalachian state is should be number one in in all oh, of college rankings how about, but how about this yeah. number one quarterback for the 2023 draft yeah, Ohio State, C.J. Stroud. Like, there's a big battle here, Bryce Young. I, mean, I go down the list of all the quarterbacks out there. But C.J. Stroud is like, just his accuracy, his ability to play the game, the position. He's looking more and more comfortable every week. And this is a much different draft coming up in 2023, Dino. It's like there's a lot of quarterbacks that will help teams immediately uh, in the na- for the National Football League next season. But C.J. Stroud is kind of like, I think, is, is taking a step above. And Bryce Young is behind an incredible, you know, both teams loaded. I'm talking about Alabama and Ohio State in terms of offensive line and, you know, their running game and their weapons for both players. But C.J. Stroud, to me, looks just like the more complete quarterback. Just I know it's three weeks in, but uh, to me right now, he's he's like the front runner for QB1 uh, of a draft. They're going to have plenty of opportunities to do that. So 
Uh, plenty of choices for NFL teams anyways coming up the NFL draft. So, you know, you if the Miami Dolphins seem fine with what they have right now, they're going to have to worry about it. You're looking at Detroit. I'm pretty sure, depending where they finish off, if they're, they're probably going to draft the successor, they're probably their number one quarterback in some place. But there's a lot of teams that are starving for a quarterback. The NFL draft coming up in 2023 is going to solve uh, a lot of teams' problems, at least from my perspective right now, coming up in, uh, next, in next May. And like seriously, Appalachian State is you know oh, might might end call? up be yeah like what a, what a crazy call yeah. hail mary but it, they yeah. they might just on you know early season success be one of the top storylines of the whole season and who knows how far this could carry it right it's it's starting to look a bit yeah. like a movie it's getting a little ridiculous now right it's just uh, that that shootout they had with North Carolina of course the win previously and then of course the the hail Mary at the end of this, this pre this last game against Troy. So it, it is, it's fun to watch. It's a smaller school. We've gone over this time and time again, buddy, about how this is what makes college football. So appealing to so many people, you see the fans running on the field. Like it, 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 it had everything, the screaming announcers. That's, yeah. you know what? Like we talk about screaming, but that you should scream at that point like you, you you should keep your voice cool and you don't want to blow out people's eardrums but you have to be screaming i like how both the color guy and the play-by-play guy <laughs> oh my god oh my god that's what you should be doing because that that you're not seeing that happen ever again uh this season so it just it, it's just it's a great story and i hope it keeps going because that's what it's it, we talk about ohio state we talk about alabama mm-hmm. we talk about everybody else that's supposed to be up there but just appalachian state when wouldn't we ever think this was going to happen so good for them can you imagine if they ever sneak in and, you know, like I, oh. when they expand the playoffs? We know it's, it's just, not. not. Yeah, it's not but yeah like year, when they expand the playoffs, that, 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 like, I mean, Cincinnati got in last year, and that's, yeah. that was a great story. And you, you want to see that happen, but the, the, with expanded playoff, that, those types of things are going to happen. Mm. And they might get wiped out by Alabama, but who cares? At least they're in there, um, that, that part of it. But, I mean, let, let's just hope. Let's cross our fingers. that they, They're not going to, but you never know at this point that we could have a conversation, but maybe at least to get a bowl game, right? Those, those, those yeah. at, at some point in somewhere in January or December, they're going to play a bowl game and we'll have some entertainment with Appalachian state. The, the team you do not want to face in a bowl game, Appalachian yeah. state, like yeah. that, you know, that yeah, every time sure. the playoffs come around, they're like, Oh, you don't want to face these guys. Literally nobody really wants to face Appalachian state because they're playing with house money now. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like so fired up right now. And just yeah. uh, these types of wins and the way they're playing and, uh, confidence is starting to build and now like, people are starting to talk about them. So you, that makes them feel good. And they're becoming a national story. Well, you could even say, well, I won't say international because we're share a border with the United States, but you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? There's people are talking about them more than they ordinarily would. So that, that, that I like that stuff. And it's, it's just great. It's heartwarming. Um, and kids that don't normally get the attention are getting the well-deserved attention at this point. Well said, my man. Thanks so much for joining me. I know it was a busy weekend for you, so uh, relax with the family, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was too bad you couldn't make it out there. The weather was outstanding. Mm-hmm. But uh, next next year, my friend. Well, and then and tell Trish. Uh, looking forward to seeing her at the conference in, in Denver, Colorado, when the Jets visit the Colorado Avalanche in Ball Arena, which is always a terrifying place to play. But not this year, buddy. Not this year. All right, my man. Take care. Have a good night. Okay, see you, buddy. See you. There's Jamie Thomas, Jets Radio, uh, formerly of Sportsnet, formerly of A-Channel, formerly of Global, formerly my roommate. Uh, This is weird. There's some weird chat stuff going on. Arnie says, don't forget to tell your audience not to follow the TikTok trend of cooking chicken in NyQuil. 
Never thought I'd miss the Tide Pod days. Chicken and NyQuil, says Phil Beavis. Great way to die in your sleep, I guess. People are falling asleep from the steam. Lots of warnings out there telling people not to do it. No kidding. Kids are enamored with the greenish-blue chicken and death, apparently. They're really enamored with death. That's wild and strange, and I don't get... I'm not trying to sound like an angry man yelling at a cloud, but I don't get why anybody would cook anything in NyQuil. just doesn't make sense. All right. Uh, We haven't talked a whole lot of baseball, but we will check out what Aaron Judge did over the weekend and where he stands on his quest to reach 61-plus in Major League Baseball. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. We'll wrap up the show with our final segment in just a few minutes. in the eastern time zone uh, much earlier still lots of sunlight in Alberta you can see it streaming through the window Uh, big thanks to Jamie Thomas uh, for joining me today of uh, Jets Radio and he's the executive director executive producer of our Twitch channel and Derek Van Deest of uh, Post Media and NHL.com he's heading to Vienna to uh, watch Canada play a couple of friendlies before they get to the World Cup. If you missed either of those interviews, uh, they will be uploaded to YouTube uh, along with the whole show a little bit later on. Uh, you can also get this program 
in uh, podcast format as well. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, just search for Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Uh, we told you earlier, big news from Dauber Hockey, uh, the NHL void where there is uh, the news, the player news that you're looking for, will be filled by Dauber Hockey. So that is great news. Check out DauberHockey.com uh, to get the latest when it comes to fantasy news in the NHL. And for Oiler fans, I told you about this earlier. The empty netter, that wasn't. Alish Hemsky signing at Pro-Am Sports. Head to proamsports.ca. Uh, tell Jack Cookson that you saw it here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily with myself. Hopefully he won't charge you double. He is a Giants fan, though, and they are a little bit weird. A San Francisco Giants fan, he is. Um, okay, a couple of things uh, that I wanted to get to. Uh, one is uh, what this man did once again on the weekend. All rise for number 59. And the pitch. Deep to left. There it goes. He's run away from Ruth. Home run number 59 for Aaron Judge. And it's 10-4 Yankees. gets a fastball and he doesn't miss it. It's supposed to be on the outside and again absolutely crushes this ball. Perdomo knew it. The fans in Milwaukee knew it. The swing never changes. Very impressive stuff uh, from Aaron Judge. Home runs. Yeah, 59. Absolutely he just has such a smooth swing. Amazing. Again, I said this no to uh, no styling. Mooch doing his job. Another said it to everybody. Game, another back to back for the Yankees. And this one. Why are people still throwing that guy fastballs? That makes no sense. Ah, it it just doesn't make any sense. So the Yankees have played 146 games, and Aaron Judge has 59 home runs. As, as you heard in that clip, he is one back of Babe Ruth. Roger Maris has the magical number of 61 in 61. Uh, Judge, 59 home runs, and he's got 18 games remaining, I believe. No, he's got... Uh... 14, 16 games remaining. Sorry, Math and me do not mix on live uh, productions, but I believe it's about 16 games left. So Maris uh, had 61 and 61, so that's the first target for Aaron Judge. Then you look at Sammy Sosa in 1999 and Sammy Sosa in uh, 2001. In both of those years, Sammy Sosa had 63 and 64. So maybe Judge could get there. He might be able to get to 64. 
If he can get to 65, he ties McGuire, also from 1999. So we'll see what that number is that Aaron Judge ends up at. I think he can get to 63-64. So if, if he gets 64, it will mean the... I guess just the third time in the new millennium that somebody has hit more than 63. Or no. Yep, that would that's that would be it. So this is incredible. This is fun to watch. You know, if you're not a Yankees fan, it's that's okay. You don't have to cheer for the Yankees. You're just cheering for history. The, the Yankees look like they are home and cooled now in the playoff spot. So the focus, you know, they're five and a half up on Toronto. The focus is now on Judge chasing his, and Albert Pujols trying to get 700 as well. The, the, the other, the, for, for individual storylines, those are the two big ones. As the season winds down. We told you last night, how impressive Max Scherzer was, Logan Gilbert. Ahmad Rosario has been really good, and John Bertle chipping in with 16 points. The races to watch, like, I mean, the Minnesota Twins have completely fallen out of the race in the Central. There's seven games back now. Can Cleveland, which has won eight of its past 10, hold off a surging White Sox team who have won seven of their past 10 and on a two-game heater? Pretty much everything else is decided in the American League. The National League, of course, the Mets and Bre- Atlanta have a, a tight race going. That's it, though. Milwaukee's done. Nobody's touching the Dodgers. The Dodgers have 102 wins already. Are you kidding me? Like, how, how come nobody's talking about this Dodger team? They have 102 wins already. They have almost a 700 winning percentage. Are you kidding me? Houston has 97 wins, but this is one of the this Dodger team is going to end up being one of the greatest teams win-loss record of all time. And they don't have one of their best pitchers in Walker Bueller for the rest of the year. Kershaw just shoving like he's a uh, you know, mid-season, mid-career form. Six innings, 10 Ks, no walks over the weekend. It is the 27th time he has done that. At least 10 Ks, no walks. Pretty incredible. Uh, Other news and notes from Major League Baseball. You know, this could impact how you draft Detroit Tiger guys, but uh, Scott Harris is the new president of baseball operations. He was the Giants GM. As we told you, Max Scherzer was activated and looked really, really good, leading all point goers uh, yesterday. Trevor Rogers is done. And Keegan Thompson uh, has been activated by the Cubs. So not a whole lot of other uh, Major League Baseball news uh, going into it. But uh, certainly with the Monday night base or Monday night football over, uh, there are some certain games to check out tonight. Not a whole lot of games. If you're a Blue Jays fan, obviously you're checking out what they're going to do uh, against the Phillies. That game is a bit of an afternoon game. 
The Aaron Judge watch continues in Pittsburgh. And this is the series. I thought Judge would have came out of this series this past weekend at 60 at least already. I think he gets at least he ties Roger Maris against the Pirates. I think the guy he is playing, uh, he is facing tonight as a starting pitcher has made one career start, Louis Ortiz for the Pirates. So Aaron Judge is facing a guy who has made one career start. You probably want to make a bet that Aaron Judge is going to hit a home run tonight. And even though that says football, you can bet on baseball at BetUS as well. If you want to bet responsibly, use my link in my bio, at DuckMillard on Twitter, to get a 125% bonus. There you go. Just that good. Bet on Judge hitting at least one home run tonight. And I told you about my bad beat in baseball. Didn't bring this up with Jamie, but I lost on a tiebreaker. What's your worst bad beat? We might save that for tomorrow for our uh, our question of the day. But I lost on a safety a couple of years to go to the final in football. The Ravens gave up a safety, and it cost me getting uh, to the championship where I would have been able to probably win. I probably would have won. But anyway, losing this year uh, on a tiebreaker, not the worst thing because we're just playing for draft picks. Losing to go to the final on a safety, now that is indeed a bad beat. All right, that's going to wrap it up for another show. It was great to be back after we missed yesterday and showing off the new look here in the marsh just outside of Edmonton. Big thanks to Derek Van Deest and Jamie Thomas uh, for joining me on the show. Huge week coming up. Uh, Tom Gazzola uh, is back again tomorrow, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time for his usual Wednesday chat. Andy McNamara is going to join me tomorrow as well. We'll get you set for the Thursday nighter. Ask Andy. Get your questions on Twitter. Use the hashtag AskAndy. And how about Thursday? One of my hockey heroes, a guy that I really looked up to growing up, Marty Murray, Brandon Wheat King GM, is going to guest on the show. And my good friend Gee Flaming will preview the Western Hockey League as well. Michael Amato. We're going to take a look at forwards in the NHL and some guys that might get better playing time depending on some lines and much more. So we got a wonderful, amazing Crazy fun week still to come here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Thank you so much to DVD and JMO for joining me on the show today. And, of course, thank you uh, for listening, for watching. Uh, if you're watching it live on twitch.tv slash Ultimate Fantasy Sports, we're here every Monday to Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can catch all of our shows in repeat format on YouTube, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, and wherever you find your podcast form in audio format as well, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. Have yourself a great weekend. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern. Thanks now. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.